Hey gang, this is Trent Chattaker, chiropractor and advocate for chiropractors who locate, analyze, and facilitate the correction of vertebral subluxation for the better expression of the body's innate intelligence. Welcome to today's tick, where each week we study a chiropractic principle, question, or chiropractor to help you acquire today's philosophy, science, and art of chiropractic. Thank you for investing your time with us as a student of chiropractic. Now let the class begin. Joe Strauss states, one of the most important aspects of patient care and case management is establishing a safe, effective approach to correcting vertebral subluxation in the patient. In today's tick, we're going to grow in our understanding of a chiropractic question, when not to see a chiropractor. As you listen, make sure you share with us your friends, classmates, and colleagues, and feel free to share and tag us at today's tick. Now let the class begin. Like we discussed in the previous episode, most if not all deviations away from normal quality of life go unnoticed until they're noticeable and when that happens you may be asking yourself if the deviation has gone too far for healing and recuperation to occur one question that arises from those who have a deviation away from their normal quality of life is if they can benefit from chiropractic care with their current state of condition Another way of saying it is, is my current state of condition a contraindication to getting adjusted by the chiropractor? Too little, too late is another way of looking at it. So there are serious health conditions that take years of deviation to occur before noticeable and worth having a serious conversation about with either your chiropractor or the appropriate healthcare provider on when not to see a chiropractor. Now, I advise consulting with your chiropractor on this question, but I also believe in having a team approach so that all applicable information is on the dinner table. You see, chiropractors are highly trained within their scope of practice and spend up to four years of post-undergraduate education earning their doctorate in chiropractic along with their extensive state licensure and board exams before they even begin practicing. And so with all of this training and expertise within their scope of practice, they bring with them a level of thought and ruling out of those contraindications to being under chiropractic care before any chiropractic care begins. You see, most, if not all, indicators for the chiropractor on when not to adjust someone are presented within their initial conversation or consultation or health history. This and the actual safety of the chiropractic adjustment produces an opportunity for you to consult with a chiropractor to find out how you can benefit from regular chiropractic adjustments. Now, chiropractors are trained in analyzing spines for specific deviations away from normal function and have labeled them vertebral subluxation. Vertebral subluxation is when there's dysfunction within the structure of the spine that's causing neurological interference that affects the body's inherent recuperative power for coordination and healing. 
So how do you know when not to see a chiropractor is the question. We know that chiropractors analyze the spine for vertebral subluxation and the correction thereof promotes better well-being through specific and safe chiropractic adjustments. But what if deviation away from health and well-being has produced a contraindication for care? So before we discuss the reasons why not to see a chiropractor, let's review real quickly here the risk associated with chiropractic adjustments. Chiropractic adjustments are safe. The data shows it. The professional malpractice shows it. And the research shows that the safety of chiropractic care grows yearly. A study way back in 2017 found that most common adverse events that occur with chiropractic adjustments are soft tissue soreness and same-day tiredness. And so the risk of adverse events is extremely low, such as interruption in the blood flow, which is defined as someone coming in usually with a serious interruption in blood flow already taking place and the adjustment exaggerates that. And so with the risk being low and the side effects being minimal, this is why chiropractors um, have such low malpractice insurance because there's very little safety concern. But with that being said, just because the risk is low and the safety concern is low, that doesn't mean that the chiropractors are taking their job lightly. I know as a practicing chiropractor for the past 11 years, it's actually my top priority to cause no harm. And this is why chiropractors begin, begin care with a new client through a conversation, a consultation, or a history. You see, that initial consultation allows the chiropractor to start thinking through all the different variables that are being a part of the chiropractic adjustment. And after the conversation and consultation and health history with filling out paperwork or however you do it, we do it digitally in our practice, the next step is, is performing a neurological evaluation to determine your level of health and well-being and your state of condition. You see, with the two, the conversation or consultation and exam, the neural exam, allows the chiropractor to not rank you, but more or less determine your level of adaptability and your level of deviation away from optimal well-being. And so those two factors play a big part in the chiropractor ruling out if there are any contraindications to the adjustment. And the question that we're trying to answer today is when not to see a chiropractor. And I guess the easiest way to answer that is you should not receive certain types of chiropractic adjustments because there are different types of adjustments out there in the profession that work very well with cases that have further deviation of optimal well-being. But you should not see a chiropractor when there are physical and non-physical or intangible contraindications. So let's discuss the physical contraindications first, and then we can dive into the non-physical or the intangible contraindications.
First, there are certain types of chiropractic adjustments that should be avoided for the following physical, physical contraindications, such as severe osteoporosis. Now, with a vast majority of manual chiropractic adjustments, there are pressure, there is pressure being delivered within the spine, and the spine is full of vertebrae, and vertebrae are bone, and if you are suffering from severe osteoporosis or you have other issues within the spine affecting the bones, such as cancer or spinal abnormalities, then those factors need to be brought up to the chiropractor. So realizing that healthy bones also set up for healthy adjustments and just the opposite occurs if you have severe severe bone issues and deviation away from normal well-being in that area that needs to be brought up to your chiropractor. Another issue that is a little more common in practice is when there is physical disruption or physical occupying uh, obstruction to the spinal cord and the spinal cord nerve roots. And this usually presents itself in the form of some sort of numbness, tingling, or loss of strength within the arms or legs. A very common example of that would be a ruptured disc. If you are unable to move your arms around or legs around because you've got severe radiating pain going down at the legs, that's a contraindication. You should be consulting with your orthopedist as soon as possible to rule out any major issues that could severely impact the longevity of normal function within the spinal cord. And lastly, uh, but not least, is one of the most severe contraindications to receiving a chiropractic adjustment, and that is interruption to blood flow to the brain. You see, the brain sits on top of the spinal cord, and the spinal cord has blood flow going through it up into the head. And so let's say you have a history of strokes or you have a family history of strokes and you are suffering from something that would resemble a stroke, such as extreme extreme headache and dizziness and the inability to speak or stand up. Don't go to your chiropractor, go to the ER, go to the medical institute closest to you because even though chiropractic adjustments a lot of the time produce an alleviation of musculoskeletal tension, extreme tension such as interruption and in blood flow to the brain is a no-brainer. That is, I shouldn't say it like that, a no-brainer, but I should say it's a serious issue. So consult with your closest medical provider as soon as possible. So those are the top physical contraindications on when not to see the chiropractor first, but when to see your medical physician and get a thorough evaluation of your state of condition. The more common yet less talked about contraindications to receiving chiropractic care would be the intangible contraindications, the non-physical interruptions. So let's discuss those intangible or non-physical contraindications on when not to receive chiropractic care. So I professionally believe there should be a consumer chiropractor autonomy to every chiropractic adjustment delivered. What this means is that you, the consumer, or the consumer, maybe you're the provider listening right now, 
should be informed of what type of services are being delivered at your chiropractic center. Or if you're a chiropractor, you should be informing every new client or patient what the purpose of the adjustment is. You see, that produces a better outcome. The outcomes are being expected. The outcomes are being discussed. You're reverse engineering the, the process to care. For example, if you choose chiropractic for relief of a symptom or an ongoing state of symptoms and your chiropractor is recommending a lifestyle modifi modification to facilitate the correction of vertebral subluxation, which is commonly asymptomatic, you might find that the intangible contraindications and expected outcomes can actually produce negative results for both parties. The consumer is trying to see an outcome that might be best managed by a different healthcare provider, such as maybe a therapeutic physical therapist or a massage therapist or someone that is going to target the area with an alleviation of symptoms. Now, in this case example, the symptom might be associated with a medical condition that is altogether not within the chiropractor's scope of practice. There may be an underlying medical condition producing the symptom. And so don't always assume that just because you have some common symptom that is associated within the scope of practice to chiropractic that the chiropractor is treating that symptom. The two expected outcome conversations or the autonomy needs to be discussed on that first visit. Medicine altogether might be the most effective approach for certain situations. There may be a need uh, for intervention when the deviation has taken or has had its toll on your physiology for too long. The deviation away from normal health is beyond the limitations of healing. And that's when medicine steps in. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you to go see your medical provider for all symptoms. I'm not going in that direction. What I'm saying is, is you might need medical attention in certain situations. And if this conversation isn't being discussed within the scope of the chiropractic adjustment and what the expected outcomes are, then you need to have that conversation with your chiropractor. What are you delivering and what can I expect with what you're delivering? Of course, uh, this also could be viewed from the chiropractor's lens because there is a responsibility and duty for the chiropractor to refer out in certain situations. It's not all on the consumer's responsibility. There is uh, autonomy within that practice as well. And that's the whole point of having a thorough conversation and a thorough initial visit so that both parties are on the same wavelength. They all know where the state of condition is and they all know where it is moving in the direction with each chiropractic adjustment. So both tangible and intangible contraindications need to be addressed when evaluating whether or not you should see the chiropractor. Don't go see the chiropractor that's promoting regular chiropractic adjustments on a consistent basis if you only want your headache to be alleviated and gone in one visit and you never want to see the chiropractor again because the chiropractor may make a recommendation that you come back consistently for, for quite some time. Now, 
consider the fact that two people are involved in every visit at the chiropractor at the chiropractor's office and ideally both parties need to be fully disclosed on all concerning tangible and intangible indicators for the purpose of being under care. And when the two can agree to what the expected outcomes are going to be, now you've just lowered contraindications, you've just lowered any issues, you've lowered it, doesn't mean you've gotten rid of all of them, but you lowered it in the eyes of benefiting from the chiropractic care. And I professionally stand behind regular chiropractic care. I believe regular chiropractic care can be a great way to creating consistency and consistency can create a game plan and a game plan can create an outlook or uh, the next visit expectations on when to go back and see the chiropractor. And that, my friends, is going to produce long-lasting results. Thanks for joining us on this episode. I look forward to joining, having you join us on the next one and uh, diving into the next question or conversation at hand. We'll see you then. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode as I did. Let me know what you enjoyed about it by tagging us at today's tick on social media and if this is your first episode please subscribe leave us a review reviews help us spread the message about chiropractic and the location analysis and correction of vertebral subluxation share this episode with your friends classmates and colleagues be a champion and send them this episode as bj palmer said you never know how far reaching something you think, say, or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. As always, we like to end our episodes with the definition of chiropractic. Chiropractic is a healthcare discipline that recognizes the innate recuperative power of the body to heal itself through identifying and caring for vertebral subluxations due to the relationship between structure and function as coordinated by the neurological system and how that relationship affects the preservation and restoration of well-being. This information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, mitigate, or prescribe the use of any technique as a form of treatment for any physical conditions, symptoms, or diseases. Directly consult with a qualified healthcare professional for any chiropractic or medical advice. In addition to the benefits of chiropractic care, one should also be aware of the existence of some risk. Risks associated with some chiropractic care may include soreness, musculoskeletal sprain, strain, and fracture. In addition, there have been reported cases of stroke associated with chiropractic care. Research and scientific evidence do not establish a cause and effect relationship between chiropractic care and the occurrence of stroke. Rather, studies indicate that people may be consulting chiropractors when they are in the early states of a stroke. In essence, there is a stroke already in process. However, you are being informed of this reported risk.